The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, power horse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to help fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. Plus, when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. PJ Glasser, Brian Horvath, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. We're filling in for Nick and Ken here on a Tuesday. We, we will be back with you tomorrow as well. We are on Stadium right now, so make sure you guys are uh, go over to WatchStadium.com. You can check us out there. We're also on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205. We're on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube over on Odyssey Sports. Just search that. Rick Camp is uh, getting ready to join us here in moments. Got some breaking news from uh, producer Tyler. Ryan, that Tyreek Hill now has an ankle and quad injuries heading into the return to Kansas City. Uh, Joe Shad reporting on that. So Miami's injury report just continues to uh, to build and build. Well, the first thing I noticed, um, and I mean, like, obviously he's been dealing with that injury, but uh, when his house caught fire and he had to leave practice, yeah. the first thing I noted was noticed was the boot. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, all right. Miami's all beat up right now. They are. So be interesting. I agree with you. I think four is the highest we get. I think we see three and a half again before we see four and a half, but... Who knows? If that injury report continues to build for Miami, right. maybe they're even bigger and bigger dogs. Let's talk some NBA, though. Rick Camp joins us here on You Better You Bet. You can follow him on Twitter, at Rick Camp, at Rick C. Camp. Uh, NBA covers them four for four. Rick, appreciate the time. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. It's, uh, it is snowing a ton in the Chicagoland area right now, so not a great night to be outside. 
not a ton of great games on the slate tonight, but hey, it's going to be anything having to do with being outside in the Chicagoland area right now. Yeah, we got some uh, some bad weather here too, Rick. In the D.C. area, it's raining all day. We got some wind. They sent out an advisory. Didn't your kid get sent home, Ryan? For uh... Yeah, see, it's a lot different here, Rick. Like <laughs> Last year, I came into work, and everybody's like, you're crazy. And, and we were getting one inch of snow, and I was talking with, with Mitch, Mitch Rosen, and he's like, oh, you know, that's nothing, because I grew up in the Midwest, and we're getting like, Nine, ten, a foot of snow, you know, inches of snow. And uh, here, like, one inch of snow, and nobody knows how to act. It's crazy. They, like, shut down the streets. And so even rain. Uh, we have, like, flood warnings. It's not good, Rick. Not, not a good night to be out anywhere, I don't think. Well, I mean, you know, it's... I guess we grow up different in dealing with... Like, I don't know what exact numbers so far, but there's at least probably four inches on the ground where I'm looking right now. And uh, magically people can't drive, but people can't drive normally. So I guess that's par for the course, but it's fine. Like I got let out of work a little early because of the weather. So that was totally fine. So I'm sitting in the Mariano's parking lot. Happy to talk with you guys. Very nice. Well, Rick, let's talk about some of these games. I want to get your thoughts on Dallas and Memphis. I kind of want to lay the eight and a half with Dallas tonight. It's just Feels like a good spot to fade Memphis, right? I mean, you get the John Morant news, almost like a dream crusher. Like, you were so bad to start the season. He comes back. He just injects, like, this new life into Memphis. And now with him out for the season, I just, I think after that news, it might be a good spot to fade them. So, I like Dallas tonight. Do you have any thoughts on that game, side totals, props? Yeah, I haven't bet that, but for me, it's Dallas or nothing in that game. Uh, You know, Memphis just struggled to score so much without uh without John Morant like I mean there were games where they're scoring 90 points and Jaron Jackson's having to put up 40 of those actually one of those was against Dallas so I've thought about playing his points over haven't done that as of yet but yeah against teams that have a really high offensive floor it's gonna be really hard to back Memphis in many of those situations just because their offensive floor is so low and especially with Jaron Jackson Jr. being questionable as well like I just I can't touch Memphis in any way, shape, or form. I don't have to future-wise the rest of the year, but tonight I just want no part of them, so it's either uh, Dallas or nothing. Yeah, I want to ask you about some future markets. Uh, before we get to that, anything that you do like? We only got a five-game slate, like you said, not the best slate tonight. Anything that you do like? It's not the sexiest slate, not the sexiest plays, but I do have a few. Uh, I like Detroit's team total under. It's 114.5 right now, and with Kate Cunningham out, this offense has no floor to it. It also has no shooting. And the only thing that really worries me is if this game really gets out of hand and just the, the defense gets loose late and you maybe get a, you know, a real nasty uh, you know, over at the end for Detroit. But, I mean, they have not been good offensively. And first game back home after a long road trip. So they've been gone for over a week. So everybody gets home. They've got their stuff they have to do at home first opportunity in like a three-game home stand, so I don't like the spot for them. I also like Isaiah Hartenstein, over 13.5 rebounds and assists. Duop Reith has actually done a decent job in the middle for Portland with DeAndre Ayton out, but Hartenstein is, you know, he's a pretty mobile big, and he's getting plenty of opportunity, even with Precious Achua as a more stable backup than Taj Gibson when he was uh, in that role, but Hartenstein has really been filling up the stat sheet, and especially assist-wise, a little bit better as of late. So that's why I'm throwing the assists on there as well. The assists by itself are essentially even money on two and a half. 
and he's been over that pretty consistently. And with his upside on the glass, at around minus 120, I like over 13.5 rebounds and assists. And then Nas Reed in Minnesota, over one and a half threes there in Orlando tonight with Doka Pataze in the middle. He doesn't really want to come out much. Same for Mo Wagner. So I like the opportunity for Nas Reed to go over. He's been shooting the ball well from deep lately, consistent in that like five, six attempts range. So I like over one and a half. And if you can, I saw a uh, over two and a half at three to one. I played a partial unit on that as well. Other than, uh, I want to go back to the Eastern Conference really quick. Other than Boston, who's 28 and eight this season, they're eight and two in their last 10 games. What do you like this year in the East? I'm kind of talking myself into Philly. I, I like Orlando, but I think they're probably a year away. You obviously have Miami, but Milwaukee's struggling right now. Uh, I believe they've lost, what, four of their last five games. They just got blown out, gave up 132 points last night to the Utah Jazz. Where are you at with the Bucks? just because they're struggling right now defensively? And who do you like in the East other than Boston? The Bucks are so frustrating because their offense is made for the playoffs. Yeah. Like part of the reason they've been able to outplay their point differential is because of how good they are in the clutch in those moments offensively that are going to matter in the playoffs. But they have no avenue to get better. They have no avenue to get you know anybody that can play any defense. I mean, going into your season with Malik Beasley as your defensive stopper on the perimeter, I mean, that's not you know hindsight either. Everyone was like, that, that's your plan? That's your dude? Like, he can play a role for a team, but defensive stopper has never been it. So... As much as I want to really like the Bucks, I just don't. It's I've really tried to get myself in on somebody. If I had to outside of Boston, it would be Philly. But honestly, like until I, I just need to see a little bit more from Embiid in the playoffs. And I know it's the the narrative everybody pushes, but yeah. with so much emphasis that's being put on, you know, sitting sitting uh, road games against good teams and not really testing for the playoffs and just trying to boost these regular season numbers. I do worry on that team a little bit. Do I think they can? Absolutely. They have the talent to, but I just really think the East is Boston and everybody else, but I also don't trust Boston that much to where at this point, if we're looking at one of the top teams in the West that we would expect to come out of uh, versus Boston, like if it's Denver, Boston, I think it's Denver right now, but in the East, yeah, I think it's Boston a tier and everybody else. But at the moment, I guess I would have Philly at the top of that next tier. Rick, would you look at maybe Ryan and I were talking about this early on in the show. Would you look at taking Indiana maybe to miss the playoffs? I mean, Halliburton's going to get reevaluated in about two weeks. So we don't know the, the extent of the injury, but right now you look at the log jam in the Eastern conference. There are five teams with a record of 21 and 15. They're currently the sixth seed, and then Brooklyn right now is like five and a half games back of them, holding on to the 10 seed in the East. Obviously, this is a team that struggles on defense. They're really good on offense, and Halliburton's their best player and, and is so much a part of what they do. So how are you kind of treating Indiana? How do you handicap them moving forward, not knowing how long Halliburton's out? When we were waiting for the news on Halliburton, from the, the little bit that I read from some of the, the Twitter docs out there and whatever, if this was grade two or three, I would have bet that. I think plus 240 was the best number that I saw for them to miss the playoffs. Yeah. But with it being grade one and the opportunity at it being a shorter absence, and especially, like you mentioned, how much room they have between them and the Bulls and the Nets at nine and ten, 
like there's a lot of wiggle room if this is let's say two you know like reevaluated in two weeks let's say it's three to four weeks there's a lot of wiggle room there versus being reevaluated in a month and maybe it's six weeks or anything more than that so i think there's just enough wiggle room here to where i'm not touching it yet but if they look like they're going into straight free fall then i get a little bit more worried no one's going to be Halliburton, but at least they do have guards that are really good at distributing and can do a little bit of what he does. So it's not like they have to scrap what they do completely offensively and try and reinvent themselves a lot like Memphis had to do without John Morant. I don't think they have to do that. So I think in a shorter-term absence, Indiana can keep themselves in those top eight spots to where they at least would have those two opportunities in the play-in, and at that point, I'm not in on uh, playing their missed the playoff number, at least as of yet. Rick, you already brought up Denver. Love Denver in the West. And then you have, like, the young teams. I like Minnesota a lot. I love the Thunder. Um, but, like, out of those two, like, older teams that are just, hey, if they stay healthy, they could probably make a run. The Clippers, the Suns. Hell, I'll even throw in the Lakers, but they're a disaster right now. Which one would you buy in on right now? Clippers 5-1, to one, Suns plus 550, and then the Lakers all the way down to 14-1 to one right now. Do you like any of those teams that maybe get themselves right here? I, I think it's the Clippers, man. Love the Clippers. As much as, yeah. like... Yeah, dude. Like I've I've been burned on them God knows how many times the last few years. But the thing is, like, as long and it's just really for me as much as anything, it's Kawhi. You have to have Kawhi. So if he is able to be there with like this kind of steadying offensive presence that Paul George is, if you're able to have Kawhi Leonard do his thing and just the way the pieces fit to feel like they fit better now versus Let's have a ton of talent, 1 through 12. Now it seems like they've, con- they've consolidated a little. It does make a ton of sense. Not as much pressure in clutch moments on James Harden. But the thing is, too, we're going to have to see how he reacts in the clutch. Is he going to want to be the guy to feel like he can prove people wrong? Or is he willing to continue to be the distributor down the stretch in big moments and let Paul George and Kawhi Leonard be the dudes? If he is then I think they really have a chance. But I still think it's Denver's conference to lose overall. Talking with Rick Camp here on You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Rick, the trade deadline's about a month away, and we obviously saw the Knicks make make a move to go get OG. I'm wondering, is there a team right now that you look at that you're pretty confident is going to make a move uh, before the trade deadline in about a month? And you know, do you see value on that team in the futures market that's really not getting priced in right now, but you think if they make a move, they could get significantly better? I think the Warriors are going to make a move. I don't know that it's going to make them enough better for me to ever really want to bet on them. I'm just leaving the Warriors alone at this point. It's not even really value on them to miss the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm out on them, but I also... I'm fascinated by the Siakam market Mm -hmm. just because I'm not sure because he is a little bit of an odd fit. Like if it's Atlanta, let's say whether it's a Murray swap or whatever that ends up being, if he gets in Atlanta, is Atlanta able to stabilize themselves to where they could be at least have a pulse in the play in or something like that? Because the Nets and the Bulls are begging to be knocked out of the play in with where they are right now. I believe Atlanta's like within a game of those teams. So they're a team that's not necessarily sexy, but I think could at least make them an in the play in and maybe a team 
you put a little bit on for a long shot of making the playoffs. Uh, and then it sure seems like the Lakers got to do something. I, I don't know that they can do enough or make a move big enough to make me really want to bet on them. DeJounte Murray's name gets brought up, but I don't necessarily think they have enough to go get DeJounte Murray. Murray's still good, and he's on a really good contract. So I don't think a Levine move would move the needle that much for them. It would help, but it wouldn't move it enough considering the Lakers tax you always have to pay. So I don't know that there's a move that can really like shake up the standings completely with what's available out there and teams being so scared to take on too much money because of that second apron and how it's taking full effect next year. I think that's really limiting the market. Awesome stuff as always. Rick Camp, you can follow him on Twitter, at Rick C. Camp, covers the NBA for four for four. Rick, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, really good stuff there. He's right. That Siaka market is going to be uh, – is going to be interesting. Ryan, that's all. That's, that's always something I look for in the NBA is like, yeah. who's the team, right? Yeah. Like, who's going to be that team that makes move? Obviously, the Suns last year when they got Durant. I yeah. mean, their odds just went crazy. Yeah. Like, is there a team that you kind of I think, I think, um, like the Lakers, like Rick said, have to make a move. But, like, what are they able to give up? Are you giving up D'Angelo Russell? Zach Levine, I think he's stuck in Chicago. I don't think that there's any market for Zach Levine. Yeah. But the Bulls are a better team without him on the floor. So They are. How yeah. good is Kobe White, though? He's been awesome. Really I got to take back all the bad stuff I said about Kobe White. I just didn't know what he was. Is he a point guard? No, nah, I didn't either. I but, didn't um, all of a sudden, he's Michael Jordan, so it doesn't really matter what he is, I guess. He's been awesome. More NFL talk coming up next. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvath. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network.